Hey there, you're listening to What the Riff, a podcast that takes you back to riff and reminisce about the days of old. It's that old time rock and roll. We're going to share a few songs off an album of the month from the 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s with some individual staff picks and a little more. You're going to hear some well-known favorites along with a few deeper cuts that'll have you shuffling through your old albums. Maybe you're that person who blurts out an old riff in the middle of a conversation. Or maybe these songs are new to you, and we hope you'll add them to your playlist. In any case, we hope you enjoy the riffs and our riffing about them on What the Riff? Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and also Marbury Creative Group. So enjoy What the Riff? Russia completed removing all troops from Lithuania. More than 130 people died in the collapse of the Royal Plaza Hotel in Thailand. It was their worst hotel disaster. And NASA lost radio contact with the Mars Observer three days before the spacecraft was scheduled to enter the orbit around Mars. This is What the Riff, and it's August 1993. Take it away, Wayne. Well... I decided to go ahead and uh, do Solo Sime Grave Dancers Union, and with me is Bruce and Brian and Rob, and uh, this album came out actually in 92, but it really reached a peak about this time. Um, This is their sixth album that they did, Uh, Solo Sime. It was hard to distinguish exactly what type of group they were. They, some people said, hey, they're an alternative group. Some people, hey, let's put them to the grunge. They kind of were both. I mean, it was a great period at that time, um, you know, coming about. You had Nirvana and Pearl Jam and, and Soundgarden, all these groups that kind of exploded on the scene then. And, it, and to me, it was a real classic time to be in music. It, it changed from the hair band, top pop stuff to a really kind of harder, rougher sound of music. Yeah, you know what? Um, Soul Asylum and Collective Soul have a little bit of a similar sound to me. In fact, they're touring together right now. Um, Collective Soul was just entering the scene with their first album, which was Allegations and Things Left Unsaid. They had that hit shine on it, but I like them too. But uh, this has got a great sound. Yeah, and this song is Black Gold. And... um, read about an interview on this and it really is it sounds like it's about two kids fighting on the block and things of that sort but really it is it was kind of retroactively looking back at the gulf war at the time and it's the americans versus the iraqis you know fighting over kuwait and that's where the black gold part comes in and it's actually oh, fighting about over oil and, and the kuwaiti oil fields and so when you look at it and reread it in that sense, there are, there are things out there. You know, the, the lines on this album were written very well. Who is their uh, writer? Well, Dave Perner was the main lead vocal and the head writer. He wrote most of the songs. Now, obviously, like in any other band, other band members, you know, committed to it. But he was the sole man in charge <laughs> they had been around about 11 12 years by the time this album came out so they had had done their due diligence of of, of touring they've had you know some of the songs on this album were played on previous song previous albums uh, and were known by people but it wasn't really till this album they really broke out and they still currently tour um they're sort of on that reactive 
tour of, of looking, let's look back at 25 years ago and, and, and enjoy music that we grew up with. Are they doing any new stuff or are they just replaying their old stuff? Uh, they've had a couple of new albums since, say, in the last 10 years. Uh, like anybody else, most people like to go back and listen to the older stuff. And, and that's just, it's, they, we call them heritage acts. You, you just you play your old stuff, and that's the reason why people want to hear it. But occasionally they'll throw in a new song, and hopefully somebody will go out and buy those. Um, really, uh, hate to say it, but uh, Dave's the only member that's still been with him from the 93 era. So he, he, he is soul asylum. Yeah, yeah. Where do they originate from? Uh, they're from Minnesota. Um, Minnesota. They were out of Minis- uh, yeah, Minneapolis. And... Um, I don't. For some reason, I always pick these groups that are from up north, uh, either Canada or somewhere up there. For some reason, or California. Yeah, or California. But they've um, they really did kind of encompass a good feeling of that '93 era, and I enjoyed the heck out of this album. This song right now is called "Somebody to Shove," and it just it kind of builds real well. What I liked about this song is was a takeoff of what song? <laughs> somebody to love. Yeah. So he's waiting by the phone, but he's wanting somebody. He's waiting for somebody to shove. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, during this time, uh, the big radio station, one of the big ones, was ninety nine X, and um, yeah, that's right. You know, they were playing Soul Asylum and and uh, Nirvana and Collective Soul and. Um, it was a great station, but I never actually owned any Soul Asylum, so I'm enjoying listening to it because I'm remembering hearing it on 99X. And I, right. I just want to explain to people, we're not historians of music at all. We enjoy music, and we enjoyed rediscovering stuff ourselves from back, you know, from the, either the 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s, or being educated by that. And, and it's that's what I like to do. I like to dig in. They're like I told people, there are holes in my music era that I'd like to find out about. I mean, that whole 68 to 72, which I know a lot of great groups came out of, but I, I, was, I, was, I was seven years old. So sorry, I didn't hear them. You were not there. It's interesting, though, Wayne, you were talking about the, uh, the time frame. And it seems like the early 90s were a little bit of a transition time. You still had... Uh, a lot of the the, uh, the the hair band type of folks that were it was kind of on the decline at that point but it wasn't you know we hadn't settled on the Nirvana so to speak you know so it was it was kind of a, a time where there were there were a lot of different types of music that were out there so you'd have some very heavy types of music and then you'd have some that were were almost folksy yeah well also you got to remember there's still pop hits coming along and and that late 80s, early 90s was a really kind of popish. Even the hair bands were playing pop songs, yeah. and there were certain, you know, certain groups that, that still maintain that pop relationship. I mean, you, you still had Whitney Houston singing her songs. You, you still had a lot of the dance music that was going on. Rap was hitting a, a, a high note then, mm-hmm. so there was a lot of things of this. Up, and rap kind of corresponded to this. There was a lot of anger, a lot of teen angst in this period. Well, this is the post Rodney King era too, with the Rodney King L.A. scene where the L.A. went up the riots and things because of the Rodney King 
video and the beatings and things. So this was a, to oh, your yeah. point, very tumultuous. And it fits in with actually the cover art of, of Grave Dancers Union. Um, it it sort of looks like a dystopia. It's it's a looks like a mother you know, holding hands with two naked kids leaving, and uh, it 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 really kind of was it was that grayish bluish look. And it was it was almost haunting the way it looked. Now this is another song, but it was "Get On Out." Uh, I, this is one I don't think I remember. Not that I don't like it, but got some good energy. Well, one thing I wanted to say: the thing about Grave Dancers Union, the title of the album, it basically is a take on dancing on somebody's grave. And that's kind of how they went. That they wanted a group of people to dance on somebody's grave. Now, I, they didn't really point to whose grave they wanted to dance on, but that's what they were doing. Is that a good thing? <laughs> dancing on some? Are you dancing on somebody's grave to celebrate, or are no. you dancing on their grave to say? Are you celebrating the fact that they're six feet under? <laughs> well, they took it. They took it out. Uh, one of their songs, another song on there, was uh, "Without a Trace." Was I tried to dance at a funeral, New Orleans style. I joined a Grave Dancers Union I had to file. So it, it could have been a good thing also, a New Orleans type thing. I do know that Dave liked to love Jazz Fest down in New Orleans. Like, I mean, if you're going to a music festival, Jazz Fest has everything for everybody, from Cajun music to local soul music to national bluegrass. acts, bluegrass, gospel music. There's a gospel tent. And tell you what, you haven't been anywhere until you've been in a gospel tent and here, you know, here just just wonderful music coming out of these people so it, it is it is you know uplifting as anything so usually starts 11 ends at 7 it's a day festival it's usually in may yeah it's it's last weekend in april first of may typically just when it starts getting hot <laughs> which is in february in new orleans. <laughs> that's right um, I, went, I was in new orleans for um spring break one year with um jake and uh, jordan and, and we went down there and they had the french quarter festival which was patterned after the jazz festival, and uh, it was very similar. I can't imagine it was packed, and I can't imagine being there for the jazz festival. Well, jazz festival is at at the at the City racetrack. Yeah. It's it's and the entire racetrack for the oh, it's the horse racetrack. Yeah, and the entire okay outsiding at the the last time I went was nothing but restrooms along the outside of the, of the race, and the inside was nothing was but beer. A <laughs> 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 lot, a lot of beer. But, Which is uh, why the restrooms were on the outside. Actually, I was talking to my wife about going again and going, you know what I want to do? I want to line up and just hit every single one of those restaurants that are there. And just, you know, okay, I want fried alligator. I want etouffee. I, I, I want all this. Bring plenty know. of Tums, Wayne. Bring <laughs> plenty of Tums. <laughs> well, because if your stomach's not used to it, it will, it will respond accordingly. I'll be heading to, towards those restaurants <laughs> yeah, real fast. That's right. You'll be going to another line. Here, Here's a little, a um, uh, couple of uh, top hits from August of 1993 that um, that uh, the period that we're talking about that were going on uh, the police had um, uh, uh, top hits of 93 uh, the police had every breath you take I thought that was that was uh oh yeah. I may have messed up I put the wrong was I, that I've the single the, uh, no there was I a, think there I was may have messed up and did 83 on the wrong th- list that was my fault oh, sorry okay. I, I at least I remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> Are all those 83s? Did I, did, I, did I do that wrong? Let's play 
this date in history. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I looked at the wrong one. Yeah, All sweet right, well, dreams are made of this. Yeah, that yeah, that was yeah, yeah, that was All right, I screwed up. That was bad, bad research by Wayne. <laughs> You're just Don't having worry. a retro moment. We'll figure it out here in a moment. All right, this song. Tell us about this one. This one's April Fool, and this was not a hit. This is just a deep, deep cut. But I just love the way this song does because it just, it just, it hits real hard, and you just sit there going, boom, boom, boom. Sounds kind of live. Well, it wasn't live. It was it was recorded. Basically, what they're saying is that as a artist, they tried to act a part, and unfortunately, everybody pointed to that part. And, you know, they were doing these things trying to be cool, and they were trying to say, "Hey, look, you know, like the Teen Angst at that time is, you don't have to be cool." You don't have to be that type of person. This is after Columbine, everything else. People were picking on the outcast. And the idea is, look, this is not what you have to be. You don't have to be cool. Just be anything but cool. You know, I mean, the only place I know night driving with, with without headlights and wearing sunglasses would be what movie? Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But I, I think they may have had headlights on. But <laughs> black suits. I missed the black suits. And so, no, the yeah. sunglasses. Well, okay, so here's a couple of uh, songs, thanks to Bruce, on the fly, research, from 1993. Uh, remember Mr. Wendell by Arrested Mr. Development? Mr. Wendell. Yeah. That was actually a very good album, by the way. And then uh, uh, Meatloaf, I'd do anything for love, but I... But I won't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not sure what that is, but uh, we had um, uh, Tony Braxton, uh, another sad love song, Michael Jackson, Will You Be There. Theme um, from th- uh, Free Willy. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Bon Jovi, Better Roses. Aerosmith had Crying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that video. That was kind of when they started getting back into it, really, wasn't it? They, no, they were they were at their height, I think, during the, in the, during the in early 90s. Yeah, late 80s, early 90s. You know, they they really exploded on the scene after uh, uh, Run DMC. That's right. Uh, remade Walk when This about, Way. When was that? That was, was 86, 86 87. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Michael Bolton to Love Somebody. So it's kind of interesting. We had I uh, want somebody to shove <laughs> Michael Bolton singing to love somebody, <laughs> and we got a couple other hits we're going to cover in a in a few moments. Some of the staff picks, but uh, yeah, good good research on the fly there. My pleasure, Ricks. Kind of go back to the song. Come on, I'm an April Fool for you, holding on to what's left of real life. So the guy knows when he's trying to act cool, he's being a fool. So just be yourself, buddy. It's always easy if you can just be yourself. That's a good. Uh, I want to get this album now. Yeah, that's. Not, I didn't have it before. It's deep. It's deep. This is a good album to own. It's multi-platinum. Hey, of course, we also go into a TV or movie theme. Do you recognize this theme from a TV show that launched in 1993, August of 1993? 
It wasn't Cheers. It was the extension <laughs> thereof, which was Frasier. Yeah, he moved to Seattle. You know, it's it's kind of amazing, though. Generally speaking, you get these spinoffs, and they don't do well. This was one of the exceptions, you know, because Cheers was a huge hit, but Frasier was big, too. Kelsey Grammer did not want to continue doing Frasier Crane. They wanted, they offered him a spinoff, and he wasn't really excited about that. Well, the executive said, no, it needs to be a spinoff. So their compromise was, let's move it to the other side of the country. So, oh, really? So, okay. you know, Cheers was based in Boston, in Boston yeah, okay. right? So uh, Frasier was in Seattle, and that way... They, it says, they set the new show as far from Boston as possible so NBC would not demand that other Cheers characters make guest appearances. So Speaking was, of which, actually, back at Solosheim, George Wendt from Cheers was yeah. on Black Gold. So just, just one little small fact that if you look on the at the video, video or on, on the video. Oh, we oh, so, have to so, check that video Sorry, out. I forgot to mention that. So, um, and then another quick little note, Frazier did not have a brother in uh, Cheers, but they added his brother. Do you know who plays his brother? David Hyde David Pierce. Hyde Pierce. Oh, yeah. So somebody Miles that Crane. some a fellow actor knew uh, David Hyde Pierce and brought a picture of him and said, "This guy looks like he could be your brother." <laughs> and and they kind of laughed about it and they said, "Let's add a let's add a another character." His no. character was fantastic on that show. Yeah, he won too. several Emmys. Did he? Is he? If he, he I, I'm, I'm sure he did. He was, he was really good. The show, that. the show won 37 Emmy awards. Wow! So it was, it did pretty well. Like you said, most spinoffs don't, mm-hmm. but I think this one lasted till 2004. Fun, fun little uh, show. Excellent. Good pick. All right, we're moving to staff picks, right, Wayne? That's correct. And um, I, I know my staff staff pick is last. So who's got the staff pick this time? Ah. This is Lenny Kravitz. I believe this is my pick. This would right, be Bruce. Bruce. And Go I believe it. that my pick is Believe. So kinda, is this grunge? <laughs> not exactly grunge. It's 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 close, but not quite grunge. Let it warm up a little bit. We've got the um you know, start off with the kind of the organ sound here. There we go. Y'all remember this? Oh, yeah. Actually, I didn't get into Lenny Kravitz. When he covered American Woman, I went, ugh. <laughs> Let me tell you, Lenny Kravitz was talented. Yeah. Well, it still is, but I mean, just, just a phenomenal musical talent. Yep. Um, this, is, this, this is a song I was introduced to him. Is it really? It is. A friend of mine said, Check out this new guy's name's Lenny Kravitz, and he played this for me. I went, it sounds like Zeppelin in the opening, and then it's still with this kind of yeah. background noise. Well, I'll tell you. I never thought about that, but you're right. It does. It's really hard to pin down Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. You know, the type of music that he did, it kind of it's it's it kind of goes across a lot of different genres, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is off of his third album, which uh, the, the album was titled Are You Gonna Go My Way? Which is probably his yep. most popular song. Yeah, and that was a good song. I mean, I, I, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the, the video? I wasn't watching many videos the, at that the time. The video was, was like this throwback 70s, lots of lights and things like that. Really neat video. A lot of energy. Um, check it out. So uh, this, this song peaked this month uh, in, uh, in, in 93, August of 93. 
at number 60 on the Billboard Hot 100. So it also made number 15 on the rock charts. Um, and uh, and like I said, it's it's this one is a lot is kind of ballad, like kind yeah. of a pallid, a power ballad feel. But uh, Kravitz has funk, rock, psychedelic, a little bit of 70s, a little bit of Michael Jackson. It's you know it's just difficult to pin him down. This one, this one feels to me kind of um, Beatles-ish, you know, McCartney. Yeah, yeah it does have feel. that too. I hear that too. Yeah. I like these harmonies here. Check this out. That's nice. Do you remember who Lenny Kravitz's mother is? Uh, I don't remember her name. She she played on the Jeffersons. She was uh, Jenny's mother yeah. uh, on the Jeffersons. So, so and I don't Kravitz, remember her name either, but I just Kravitz Kravitz's dad was a um, what was a Jewish. I'm trying to remember if he was Ukraine. Might have been Ukraine. Might have been Russian. Um, and his mother was Bahamian. So um, I think uh, when he first broke into music, he had some difficulties because people would say he's not he his music's not white enough or it's not black enough, which I find interesting at at this point you know this is this is his third album this is when he was really popular but you know this would have been the mid 80s when he was playing Uh, you know there was Michael Jackson was popular with everybody and lots of groups were popular across you know different genres and races and things like that but But to your point though it also dictates the time too because they're trying to put a staple on a guy because of the color of his skin right which is sad it is it is but I think that that experience might have influenced kind of the the feel uh, of uh, of Kravitz's music. Mm-hmm. So, but between that and the fact that he's just very talented, on his, apparently on his first album he played every instrument, and when he was going to tour, he had to go out and recruit musicians and things like AKA that. AKA so. Prince. Yes, exactly. There's a lot of similarities between Kravitz and Prince too. I mean, if you don't think Kravitz can play the guitar, just take a listen to this riff. Oh yeah. So this, this song is about faith and freedom, and um, Kravitz, Kravitz refers to himself as a Christian by choice. He, uh, he also considers himself Jewish uh, based on his, his father's heritage. Um, and um, if you ever get a chance to check out this video, it's, it, the, song, it, the, the video is inspired by uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, so you'll see a lot of that kind of uh, oh, that's cool. imagery. Excellent it. choice, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. Now we're My moving pleasure. on to the next staff pick for the, for August of 1993. And Brian, what you got for us? Oh, he's a, a friend of ours from uh, the UK, Mr. Sting. The song that we are, I'm sure, all very familiar with that you probably heard on the radio numerous times and still hear it today. Love it, Mr. Sting. Mr. Sting. I didn't know that. <laughs> What's his last name? <laughs> He goes by Sting, so I'm just going to say his first name's Mr. I don't know. Great. No, this is from his uh, album, Ten Summoner's Tales. It was released in May of 1993. And this song peaked uh, in the time frame that we're covering today, which is in August of 93. It actually reached uh, number 16 in, on the UK singles charts and number 23 on the United States Billboard 
top 100. It was a great album. Yeah, oh, yeah. I had this CD and um, played it a lot. It's a little too mellow for me. <laughs> it, it is more It is mellow. a mellow song. Yeah. No question. Did you say this This is his fourth solo? Is that right? After the police. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah solo. Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, that I had seen on that is that this was a, a, a bit more uh, upbeat, more positive after uh, the Soul Cages. Oh, yeah. Which was, uh, you know, a little bit more of a... Little, uh, little heavier. Yeah. This, so I'm trying to remember. Uh, this time of my life, I had uh, twins that were two, mm-hmm. and uh, so Cindy and I, you know, there wasn't much. I was sitting in our little uh, ranch house, putting the pulling the stereo speaker out on the back deck, put the kids to bed, and sitting out there and having a beer. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how it takes you back? Oh like yeah. That? I mean, yeah. It's, it, I, we would listen to the just sit out there and listen to the whole CD. Yeah. Love it. You know, it fills a goal and all the other tracks on the album were recorded at Lake House in Wilshire. And how this came about was, uh, you know, Sting wrote the song and he described the view from his 16th century Wilshire uh, Manor House. And he says, in England, our house is surrounded by barley fields. And in the summer, it's fascinating to watch the wind moving over the shimmering surface like waves on an ocean of gold. There's something inherently sexy about the sight, something primal. As if the wind were making love to the barley. Lovers have made sex capades. He says lovers have made promises here. I'm sure their bonds strengthened by the comforting cycle of the seasons. This is what the inspiration was. That's neat. Uh, you know, I, 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 we just had those lyrics that these are some of the lyrics that I really like, where it says, uh, "I never make promises lightly, and there have been some that I've broken, but I swear in the days still left, we'll walk in fields of gold." Yeah, That's yeah. a neat line. Beautiful poetry, isn't it? But no, I, to your point, Wayne, it is a mellow song, and it's and, and like Rob uh, gave a great example. It's just one of those signs that you wind down to at night. Yes. Glad I'm going to wind it up in a few minutes. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Wait, we're starting to figure out our lanes here. Here's, I think Wayne's, you know, uh, Brian that, seems uh, to go with some nice mellow pieces and. Wayne's all about, let's get a heavy guitar riff in here. Some <laughs> drums. rock or heavy metal. Let's speed it up. Now, here's a little trivia question for you. Do you know where he came up with the name Ten Summoner's Tales? Don't remember, but... So his real name is Gordon Sumner. Oh, yeah. And it's a play on his name, and there's ten tracks on the, the, the CD. So That's right. I uh, think I read that somewhere. So it's uh, Ten Summoner's Tales. Excellent trivia there, Bruce. Thank so you. So in terms of our lanes, I think we're about to get into my lane, which is... <laughs> Kind of that, uh, lane is that new Rob? wave, a little bit of new wave. <laughs> okay, <laughs> 1993. Uh, That'll work better. Yeah, this is um, Duran Duran, and I just love I like the, the opening. Yes, on this. This is where I became a fan in this next, the, the second chapter, if you will. And it's really hard for a group to kind of go several years without a hit and then come back yep. and hit again. And that's that's one thing that a lot of people disregard for a lot of 
groups that do are able to make it back. It's longevity for a group is very, very rare. Well, they grew up too. They had their little internal rifts, and they all, you know, their ego trips. But I think they finally realized this: the sum is great, or the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Like many of them do, and then now they have, to your point, they have longevity. Now, who is who is that singing right here? Do we know? Um, they still, she's still singing with them now. I don't okay. remember her name, but uh, she's a, a back background singer. Um, I just Duran Duran's got to be one of my favorites, and this is this song was written by uh, Warren Bruce Cucuroyo, I think is how you would say his name. He was a guitarist, so. Um, uh, he came up with this guitar riff, and I just, I just think it's great. At the beginning, when you hear that riff just playing, it's just there's something magical about it. Well, uh, Kakurio worked with Frank Zappa in the '70s. And he was a founding member of Missing Persons oh, in the wow. 1980s, and he joined Duran Duran in 1986. And so, um, you know, he, uh, he. Uh, uh, wrote this song and it actually it was the second consecutive u.s top 10 hit from the wedding album made it to number seven and um uh, about this time in 1993 i have to confess in the 80s i hated duran duran okay hated him uh, they 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 hungry like the wolf and rio were really good but then there was a period there where they were uh, popular, they were being compared to the Beatles, very, very popular, and I just despised a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. This second coming, as Wayne put it, I liked it. This this felt like, okay, we've gone through that craziness of the you know the, the ultra you know popular group, and now we're coming back to, as one of their songs went, the ordinary world. You know, yeah. that's, that, that had had that feel to it. Yeah. Well, and I like this. Ordinary World is on this album, which is the wedding album. And uh, uh, Love Voodoo, Too Much Information. I'm going to feature it when we do March of 1993. Cool. It's got some great pieces on it. Um, and I'll tell you, a plug, I saw them in concert about a year and a half ago. They still sound the same. And it's still a bunch of these guys. Really? And I'm telling you, it was... I was blown away. I didn't expect it to be sound as good as it did. And the, their current album, it's called Paper Gods, and it has a lot of sounds like this. So if you're looking for some oh, new so Duran Duran. New Duran Duran. Oh, yeah. Sounds like the old Duran Duran. Yes. Sounds cool. like this Duran Duran. Meet the, 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 good, the good version is I Meet like the new both. boss the same as the old boss. <laughs> yeah. I like, them. I like both versions of Duran Duran. Kind of like... Van Halen, I like Sammy and Dave or whatever, you know, it's Van Halen. Duran Duran, you know, mix it up a little bit as long as you've got uh, Simon LeBon singing and um, Nick Rhodes is in there on get keyboards, so... Excellent choice there, that's Rob. A, that's a nice sound, nice sound. Wayne, are you about to... Uh, I'm about to kick up. the doors off this mother, <laughs> and we are going to rock and roll, buddy. We are going to just kick butt. And this is not quite Sonic, I Mother Earth. And, buddy, this song rocks. It's a driving song. 
you put it on or an exercising song or something like that, you are going to have beads of sweat. Instant motivation, eh? My my right foot just stretched out like it was on the accelerator. <laughs> I grabbed the microphone like a gear shift knob. <laughs> it just slowly builds. And um, truthfully, I didn't do a whole lot of research on this because I just love the song. When I was back at this time, I was single. I didn't have kids. And I heard this on a uh, college radio station, and I said, I got to have the album. The rest of the album's got to be like this. In truth, there was only one other song I liked on the album. But this song was so good. I, I just love playing it, especially if I'm driving somewhere. Unfortunately, I have to put it on cruise control. I would definitely peg that RPMs on, the, on that vehicle just going on. And you just kind of just go, okay, wait, we're building, we're building. It's sort of like, I would just call this sort of their, I don't know, Freebird. It starts out slow, and you can just tell it's going to explode. This is the grind. I don't think it starts off quite as slowly as Freebird does. Probably not. But uh, I Mother Earth is a Canadian group. So Thank <laughs> God, hey. Uh, this, this is actually a certified gold in, in Canada, and actually they won... Uh, a Juno Award in 1994 for the best hard rock album. So probably beat out, I don't know, Rush. <laughs> uh, they may want to call it, I mean, that, to me, this kind of encompasses the grunge stuff, but some people call it psychedelic a little bit, a little metallic. Yeah, this feels more musical to me than, than most of the grunge stuff. To me, it just becomes a big jam session. Man. I mean, they're alternative rock. I don't know, maybe alternative metal. Kind of funky, got some, got some thing. I love the uh, guitar effects in that background. That's cool. And it's about ready to just kick into the next gear. It feels like it's just about to. Just kind of going. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing my best. Wait, wait. Up my head. I'm just Get up from behind the wheel, Wayne. Get up from behind the wheel. You know, they never passed a law that said you couldn't take your hands off the steering wheel and do a guitar riff or, you know, a <laughs> oh, drum oh, solo while you were driving. Yes, not, it, Rob, don't suggest I, it. This sounds bad, but I had a pair of drumsticks on my, on my car. In your car? I would play drums into it and have drive with my knee. So that explains the big slash marks in your dashboard. I <laughs> and on the side of his car, <laughs> the scrapes of other paint. <laughs> Guardrail paint. <laughs> That's one on me, Wayne. I've never had drumsticks in my car, I, but I have. A, I do play a lot of air drum though. Usually, it's on my legs. And I have bruises on my legs. There you go. Oh, now a breather. Wait a minute. Give you a little rest here. We're going to have to kick it in soon. Sounds like a little Lenny Kravitz in there. Sounds a little like it, doesn't it? A little bit. Great drum work here. Just, oh, you yeah. know, there, it's not just your typical whap bat whap bat. It, it, they're they're keeping it. The sounds, they're quadraphonic, semi-moronic, not quite sonic. That's part of the lyrics of this. <laughs> this guitarist actually sounds a little bit like Dave Navarro from uh, from Jane's Addiction. It just has that. Yeah. Can, you can hear that now. James Addiction, we are definitely doing one of those, and I'm going to leave that one. Once again, 
and I'm not going to do the mellow stuff from Jane's Addiction, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to kick butt. Oh, Coming come on. down the mountain. Come on, throw me a bone here, Wayne. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, here, here's your mellow part right there. Oh, thank you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Trump solo. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne's car starts Leave weaving. me hanging, Wayne. Leave me hanging. Five seconds of mellow. Can you see me on the drums on this song? Oh, yeah. Oh, Hopefully yeah. Hopefully I'm at a stoplight. <laughs> <laughs> Take a picture for our for our website of Wayne Drummond. <laughs> we'll see your drumming, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, this is good. You did pick up the tempo because I was getting kind of mellow with uh, Fields of Gold. <laughs> and then well, it reminds uh, me, I believe. there's a roller coaster in, in uh, Universal. It's uh, I think they call the Rocket. Yeah, Ride. Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah, and. Um, they actually have headphones behind you. Yeah, in the seat. Speakers behind you in your seat. And to me, a song like this on the roller coaster just going through just would just keep you going That's, and going. They're, they're doing Aerosmith in that one, though, I think. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the Disney one. I'm talking about at, uh, at Universal. It's called oh. Rocket Roller Coaster. And basically, there's speakers in the back. Yeah, of the yeah. Headphones, yeah. And it, it cranks. I, I did, uh, I don't know. I was cranking. I think it was Motley Crue, and I was I, my daughter and I did it four times in a row, and I was just <laughs> drenched in sweat because there was no line. We got there and we ran to the roller coaster, and we just running back and forth getting on that thing. The great roller coaster song. <laughs> ah, yes. Awesome nice, pick. Nice, <laughs> right, nice. That was a good cleanse. So we got a little bit of uh, we get into our little slightly comedy fun song, right? Bruce, what do you got? I think Bruce found this one. Take us down the I hole did here. Indeed. We're going to keep the energy level high on this one. A tale of three little pigs and a big bad so, I don't remember the, being told this tale when I was a child. This is metal with a moral. So I don't know if many people remember this, but I remember the video on that with this. It was a claymation video. Oh yeah! This, this is three little pigs. This is definitely not the Beastie Boys. It's not, but you get the feel, don't you? Yeah, I sure do. This group is called Green Jelly. Maybe it's a pseudonym. <laughs> well, actually, this out this song was actually released in '92 under their original name, Green Jelly, uh, but they got. Um, a trademark infringement from the owners of Jello. Wait, wait, wait. Listen to this. <laughs> okay, let's listen to that again. It's important. There we go. <laughs> Who there has that voice? It. What's that? Who had that voice to sing? I don't that? Know. <laughs> so the first little pig is a um, kind of a, a stoner. A bit of a stoner. Yeah, he said Things a don't work out very. Uh, hit, kind of a hippie. Things don't work out well. Let's see about the second little pig here. Ganja just smoking. Okay, so now you see what's happening with the second little pig. Yep. 
And the wolf comes along and says, I remember this song and it didn't last long. You've got to appreciate the, the, the solid message. <laughs> I'm pulling the video up on my, my iPad. Yeah, I remember it. You got to check it out, guys. If you're listening to this, you got you got to look it up. Actually, we'll, Green link, jelly. we'll link that on our Facebook page. So when it comes out, we'll uh, we'll put this video on our Facebook page, so you'll be able to enjoy it. It did also with the videos of the rest of these songs. If the, if there are some, it did know. reach number 17 on the Billboard 100 in the summer of '93. Wow. So that in in the UK, it made it even higher. It made it up to number five in the UK. I think it's. I think it's fun. Well, this is good. We're uh, we're about out of time here. Um, this has been a good. This has been a good. I like the mix of soft, mellow stuff, uh, and then just <laughs> yeah, and then this uh, fantastic rock. I don't know. I I still like Night Qu- not quite Sonic by iMother or so. Yeah, you know, go out, go out, and at least put that in your rotation. You know, buy it through us at, at Amazon or iTunes got to have that on your playlist well this has been great this has been august of 1993 and this is what the riff signing off i'm rob i'm brian i'm bruce and i'm wayne enjoy you've been listening to what the riff we hope you enjoyed riffing with us and we invite you to visit whattheriff.com to find and download the music we had on tap today You can also contact us and request an album that you'd like us to riff about at whattheriff.com. And if you get a minute, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and YouTube. Thanks for listening to What The Riff, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. Also, Marbury Creative Group. Tell it better. If necessary, use words.